0: Honey, where is my podcast? Hello world, Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider bringing you the 39th episode of the Church Mag Podcast.
1: If your podcast fails, you might learn some lessons, but if your podcast succeeds, you're writing the rules for the next generation of podcasts.
0: You can't use popular music. As much as you want to, and as much as you want to sound cool, unless you're paying BMI or ASCAP, you're not allowed to use it. I don't
2: think people understand listening to a 30-minute episode, how much goes into that.
0: This week's podcast is brought to you by... Church Mag Press, e books and digital resources for church texts and creatives. Visit churchmagpress.com. This week we're going to be talking about what we've learned about podcasting in hopes to maybe pass on a little bit of experience to all of you interested in podcasting for your church ministry or maybe even yourself. But first, let's take a listen to this week's Church Mag Pro tip from Jonathan Mom. Hey guys, it's Jonathan Mom here with a quick ministry tip.
3: There's one thing I've noticed, all things being equal that makes one church's worship services more engaging than another's. This one thing, if done right, will encourage more people to sing. Unfortunately, it's nothing the worship leader can do. It's up to the slide operator, the projectionist, the lyric typer. Here's the secret to more engaging worship services. Make sure the song lyrics are up on the screen a couple of seconds before you have to sing them. Yep, it's that simple. When people know the lyrics before they sing them, they sing more confidently. But if they're unsure of the lyrics, they won't sing until they are. And if that happens enough, they'll often give up singing altogether. Who knew PowerPoint, ProPresenter, or Easy Worship was so vital to a good worship service? So I encourage you to bring the person who runs your slides into worship rehearsals. Encourage them to learn the songs. Even give them an outline of how the team plans to do the song. Just like worship leaders would lead other vocalists to sing the right words, lead your slide operator to project the right words. When they feel confident in where a worship leader is going with the lyrics, they can proactively put them on the screen. Encourage them to change the slide on the last word or two of the line the congregation is singing. People could typically read a few words ahead of where they're singing, so those last couple words on the screen aren't that important. So there's the tip. Go make your worship services more awesome. Also, check out my two books for church creatives. There's Created for More, a 30-day devotional to help you start seeing your life more creatively. And then there's Unwelcome. 50 ways to
0: make your church more welcoming. Grab them on Amazon or iBooks. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here, along with the usual suspects, Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider, kicking off a whole new round, a whole new level of the Church Mag Podcast jeremy phil how you guys doing
2: we're back
1: hey real quick is this which level is this is this like the underwater level where mario turns into a frog or is this like the the rainbow road level mario kart which we're all gonna fall off and die (laughs) jeremy i'm
2: gonna defer that question to you i feel like we hit like the secret warp tunnel and we're just gonna go for it so i think we should just hit the final stage and and knock
0: it out of the park. And is it just me, or was eight two and eight three a whole lot harder than eight <laughs> four?
1: Dude, you know what? I'll tell you what. I I, I beat Mario Brothers uh, at least twice, but it's been it has been so long, I can I can barely remember those levels. I would venture to say that
0: all of World Seven as a whole it was probably harder than, than World Aid. I think I will take that
1: and I will agree with that.
0: Alright, moving along. The uh, The topic is podcasts. I, I thought it would be fitting that the first ChurchMag uh, podcast this round would be talking about podcasts because there's been several things that we have learned not only doing a podcast with the three of us but um, doing it individually. Uh, Phil has a podcast Jeremy was doing the 78 Productions podcast and so I thought we'd talk a little bit about some things that we learned about doing podcasts. There's a few things I wanted to share first and foremost when you get into podcasting you have to realize that no matter what podcast you listen to no matter how cool you think their music is because they've used a top 40 album you can't use it or if you do use it you need to be prepared to pay for it because music is licensed so you can't it doesn't matter how long the clip is whether it's five seconds ten seconds one second whatever it may be you can't use popular music as much as you want to and as much as you want to sound cool, unless, you have a, uh, unless you're paying BMI or ASCAP or one of these organizations, you're not allowed to use it. So in lieu of that, to make sure that you do have cool sounding music, is to use royalty free music. Music that you pay for, and you have the rights to use it however often you want for your podcast. Um, That's what we've done on Church Mag every time. And two resources that we've used is Pond5, and the URL for that is pond, P O N D, the number five dot com. And they've got some great uh, music to, to look through things can be as cheap as a dollar and as much as 50 75 or even uh, as much as a hundred dollars depending on what you want to get all the church mag music i think the most we ever spent on some music was like 15 bucks and so clearly you can get some decent sounding stuff for not a whole lot of money um and then have the you know ease of mind that everything that you're doing is legit and you don't have to worry about lawsuits or maybe apple yanking you off itunes or something like that the second place that i recommend for music is audiojungle.net and that's a envato market um you know, where you, you go, you can buy some credits and then you can purchase music and Adobe Photoshop files and Word, WordPress and stuff like that. So if you're already on the uh, Envato market and you're used to their ecosphere, go check it out. Audiojungle.net. They've got great music there
1: as well. Well, I break that rule. In my podcast all the time. <laughs> and I, I do want to, when I relaunch, hopefully the next few weeks, I do want to move from licensed music to uh royalty free music. Um, it just sucks because the song I chose is a perfect matchup for what I want to talk about.
0: I know, I know what you mean. Now, I will say, as far as churches and ministries go, that the if you pick like a BMI or an ASCAP, a lot of times they have a nonprofit license. When you couple the nonprofit license with low. You know, clicks or listens. When you when you couple those together, you know, for about three hundred bucks or four hundred bucks a year, you can get everything licensed and be good to go. So I will say that it's a lot more for commercial, but you know, there are there are uh, ways for ministries and churches to to kind of work around that as well. I will say.
2: I I think for me, one of the biggest things is unlike YouTube, uh, if you have some kind of audio file, that your one video can get taken down, or you can maybe get a ding against you. I think for me, the fear is iTunes is very un known and they can just pull the whole thing down which for youtube it's okay you throw some stuff up there it's great if it comes one of the videos comes down you can still see the other stuff but for a podcast especially if this is going to be your entire church podcast or for uh, those that are doing something extra like just trying to record their entire church series if the entire thing comes down that's a huge deal for me so i didn't even want to go there i didn't even want to deal with something like that so i actually did the same thing as you did eric i just went audio Jungle found five different video or audio tunes. I actually found the two I liked the most and I let my wife listen to them and let her pick because she just had zero investment in the whole process. And she's like, I like that one better. And then I hear like 10 different replies. Oh, that audio is so awesome. And I was going to pick the other one that was more cartoony. So I, I was glad I went with the, audio test before I went out for it.
0: Yeah, and another thing, like you were saying about YouTube taking taking videos down, I, I remember someone messaged ChurchMag about that. They had some video that they had licensing on it, and they, they took their videos down, and that happened to me as well. I had I had uh, uh, educational use rights on a video that they've, they had taken down, and after about a year, they finally put it back up. I mean, it wasn't even an important thing. I just fought it for the principle of the matter, because I'm like, hey, you're taking it down because of copyright. I can legally use this, and it did end up getting turned around, but when it comes to those copyright challenges, they'll oftentimes places like iTunes or YouTube, They will their first reaction is to remove it right away, and then you have to fight it later. So even if you are in good standing or paying for licensing, they, they can oftentimes you know pull it off, and then you have to fight through all their red tape to get it put back. So like you said, Jeremy, you didn't even want to mess
1: with it. I'm good with that. I think you're right. Um, my podcast is still available on iTunes. I think Apple moves a lot slower in this kind of thing. Things than, uh, than Google does.
0: Yeah, and that's also if that's also if it's getting if it's getting found, and it's an issue. I think there's probably a lot of music out there that you know people use, and it's you know there's no one hunting it down, and and everything is cool. But you know, just as far as the the law is, and as if you want to play it safe, you know, getting some royalty free music that's the way to go. Now, the second thing that I learned about podcasting is the numbering of podcasts and coming from a radio background this kind of bothered me that the podcast numbering like podcast this is podcast number 459 and and stuff like that it like bothered me because i'm just like this is boring why are they saying a number why don't you give the podcast a name uh, you know the, the ep- like an episode name and call it good it doesn't even make sense seo wise to have podcasts and then this random number and so for the first uh, two series of the Church Mag podcast, which felt kind of like the the beta versions of the Church Mag podcast, because we were kind of trying stuff out. We didn't use any kind of numbering system, and I felt really good about that. I felt like some sort of podcast revolutionary until I realized that it was next to impossible to not only refer to previous podcasts but say the URL on the podcast. And it would be a lot easier if I could just say, "Hey, remember when we talked about that on podcast episode?" and then give the number. So I stand corrected, and I think, I don't know what I'm going to do about Church Mag. I don't know if I need to go back and number some of the old ones, and then this is podcast number whatever, or start this one as podcast number one. I don't know what to do as far as that goes, but that, is, that was a, an
1: assumption I made, and I was clearly, clearly wrong. Well, you know, I agree with you. Because actually, my, um, my podcast, I did the same thing with just, uh, with just the names, um, and I I could refer to the name, you know, and because my podcast was set up as a separate website, it's a little easier to find those uh, episodes. Plus, I only have ten total, <laughs> but uh, it was it was a little bit different. But I one of my favorite podcasts uh, to kind kind of. Counter, but also buttress your point there. And yes, they use the word buttress. Um, I'm impressed. I think a lot of podcasts do a combination. And they do a, like they do a number, and then they do the name after.
0: Yeah, you could totally do that. Like I've thought about maybe having a redirect. Of where it's you know the URL slash and then that exact number, but as far as SEO goes, also have a a full name and then in the in the body of the blog post, that's the uh, podcast also have a number. So kind of doing a hybrid like you're saying of both, yeah. But
1: still having that number to be able to refer to. Well, and also too some apps. Some apps don't read – if you are publishing your podcast um, with a strict adherence to uh, XML and, R- and you know, all the RSS stuff, um, you are probably be fine. But if you're using a service that publishes for iTunes, other apps that, that read uh, RSS feeds for podcasts don't always um, read the iTunes-specific tags properly. And so your, your podcast could be unordered or could be ordered based on title because they're assuming you're going put a number in there. And so I've seen my podcasts sometimes come in completely out of order because of that. I actually found
2: myself numbering the the podcast episodes, not because of all of this that you're talking about, but because there's that mythical number that I think it's 13. If you reach 13 podcasts, you're actually going to be more successful because 90% of all podcasts never reach episode 13 and they end up failing and quitting by then. I got to 15 and decided, you know what, I'm done. So... I think that for me, the big one was just to keep a little tracker for myself. So it wasn't necessarily that internal stuff going on of doing the callbacks, which we did do callbacks. And so we had the numbers there, so it was kind of natural. But um, I think that that number 13 was also important of keep going, keep moving forward. If I can hit 13, I know that I'm at least accomplishing something. and And I'm hitting a point where I'm saying, okay, I've done it. I finally hit that point where... I can be consistent if I want to be and keep moving forward.
0: Well, Church Mag is well over 13, so I think we're safe, which is good to hear. I didn't realize that that was a magic number. So I think we've hit the magic at least twice.
2: Phil, you're magical. I think that's what he's trying to tell you.
1: Uh, I don't think I am because my podcast only has ten episodes, um, and the last episode was called reboot because I was going to reboot the reboot the whole thing, and then I stopped. So I'm actually I'm really going to be trying to reboot here the next few weeks. I've got an idea. I'm gonna I'll, well I'll wait till my turn. I'm not sure my idea is. So so instead of a reboot, it was
0: more of a hard boot because you just turned it off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was I I
2: turned it off. I'm going to pull the cartridge out, blow it, and put it back in next week. Bill Schneider, the firefly of all podcasts. It was amazing when it was there, but didn't make it all the way. I don't
1: think I could ever claim to be a hit firefly status. All right. Well, the final thing I wanted to share with
0: you guys of the, of the things that I learned from some of this podcasting experience, and I think it'll transition well with uh, some of the things that Phil wanted to share, and that is podcast frequency. Um, originally, we were doing the Churchman podcast like every other week, and then Phil enlightened me, I guess, and said, look, you know... You need to have these every week, which makes a lot of sense because people who listen to podcasts when you when you listen to a podcast, you go and you look for it every week or you update your iPod and get it all queued up for the gym or, or whatever your rhythm may be, so not having it every week, just like blogging once a month versus blogging every day or having you know a, a more steady, repetitious uh, rhythm and pattern. Same with the podcast. If you're not putting it out about once a week, then it's easy to lose your momentum. It's, it's easy to lose listeners as well.
2: I, I think that the tough part about that, and I'll get this in, into this with mine, but that's a lot of work. And I don't think people understand listening to a 30-minute episode, how much goes into that. And so I think that, that, I think that that's absolutely ideal. And I think that if you're going to do something, do it extremely well. And I think that that should be the goal if you really want to grow your audience and do the, all the entrepreneur-type things, but recognize that that's not just something you jump into. And it's not something we jumped into here. Um, it, it takes a lot of effort.
1: It certainly does. <laughs> now, yeah, it's more than just the record time, that's for sure. Oh, definitely, yeah. Oh, now, and see, see, here's the... Well, I'll get on that in a second. The consistency has to happen. Um, my podcast was very inconsistent, so any... any any, and this is probably even even if I had any, it was slight fan base is has gone because I'm not there anymore. Now if I'm still not if I'm still in their their podcast player, if I publish next week, it might it'll catch it because I'm still on iTunes. Surprisingly, even though I haven't released anything in over a year, but uh, in fact, yeah, it was July 17th back 2014. Um, if if I were to if you want to grow a podcast, you have to do it every week um, or on such a tight turnaround. The the most popular podcasts are daily podcasts, honestly, because people who listen to podcasts are people who would be, who would have been listening to talk radio years ago. And they want something – they have a life or a, or a schedule that allows them to listen to those kind of things daily, and that's how they, want, that's how they spend their day. Like if I, if I could, I would spend my day listening to podcasts in the morning and music in the afternoon. But I'm a teacher, so I don't usually do that. But uh, when, when I'm off on summer break, I listen to podcasts all throughout the day because it's just – it's nice, relaxing. It keeps me thinking while I'm doing other stuff, especially if I'm doing menial work. Man, I'm all over the podcasts. So that to me, consistency's to be a big deal. But Jeremy, your point that the it's not just thirty minutes of record time; it's it's all the editing and all the back-end stuff. For me, I, I set out from the very beginning saying I'm going to keep my my record time to fifty to twenty minutes maximum, and I think my average um, on my on my ten episodes ended up being about ten to fifteen minutes because. Most people if you're gonna get if, because on my stuff was gonna be all all politics, all political theory, most people don't want half an hour of that. You know? If they want it at all, it's a pretty niche niche field. I think that knowing your topic and knowing what you want to do, if you can hit it and quit it in under twenty minutes, I think you'll be doing fine. If the podcasts that go longer are podcasts that are more entertainment based. And uh, more like the uh, more like daily podcast, daily shows where you're you're committing an hour a day because it's you're used to the characters, quote unquote, of the show. You you like the banter that goes back and forth, and you're more invested in the story than in the ac- any actual uh, topic or theme. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that the
2: consistency, as you're telling talking to us, Phil, is that it creates that community. And I don't think that podcasts like Michael Hyatt or relevant podcasts would have the kind of impact they do without the community. Some of that community was established beforehand. Some of that community was actually established with the podcast itself. And it it really needs that consistency. And I think you can have a hiatus like we've had, but make sure it's announced and planned and everybody knows it's going to happen so that when you do come back, everything's great. Whereas if you drop off the map for six weeks, come back, drop off the map again, I'm still going to leave you in my uh, podcast thing. But whenever you actually come back on, I'm like, oh, haven't heard in them forever. I'm just going to remove this right now because you brought another podcast back because you showed me that you are inconsistent. So it's not I don't even think it's the lack of time that you are posting that's the problem it's the that next time it comes up that's inconsistent. Oh, I don't really want to keep doing this. I'm going to remove it for myself.
0: Right. Right. And that's and that's why we had a little bit of a delay too is we when we came back we wanted to make sure that it was consistent because we did say, "Hey, you know, we're we're going to be back after a little bit." So, you know, when people see this podcast and they see that it's back, they'll know that uh, it's going to be back again next week yep, as well. Yep, yep.
1: All right, Phil, what else you got, man? <laughs> <laughs> um for well for me I think that uh what I have learned from podcasting is I always thought that a dialogue podcast is better where it's people con- con- having conversation and I think that in, in some ways that is incredibly powerful incredibly uh, um Captivating and engaging, because then the person listening feels like they also are part of the conversation. Because they can, because in the, in, a, in a given discussion, they're like, "Yeah, I agree with I agree with Bob on this one." And they're like, "Yeah, good point, Bob," and all that kind of stuff. They feel like they're they're immediately ingratiated into the into the podcast. Um, my podcast is a solo podcast; it's just me talking. And I'm not opposed to doing uh, interviews or discussions, but my schedule doesn't really allow me to collaborate very well. And I feel like that's a, a drawback, but but at the same time, if you were new to podcasting, I would suggest starting off that way because it gives you a chance to tip your toes in the water uh, and then learn how to edit and learn how to grow. Editing a single record podcast, one person, is so much easier than what Eric has to do uh, editing of this monstrosity with three of us uh, Skyping in.
2: Well, and even just the idea, I will say this, I think that that dialogue is extremely important. Um, I don't have a single podcast on my playlist right now that is more, that is less than two people. Um, and I know that there's some podcasts out there that I kind of enjoy that I just right now, I don't have it. And for me, that's big. I, even Michael Hyatt, I will say I stopped listening to him. I, I listened to the first 20 some episodes that he ever put out. I was right on it right away. And then I stopped and then he did the reboot thing with um, his co-host, And I'm like, I'm back. I'll listen to this. And so, It's really tough to keep an audience and to be able to say I'm in a position where I know so much that I can talk about something by myself is a really tough place to go from. And I know I could talk about social media a lot, but I couldn't talk about it more than 10 episodes that are 30 minutes long. I don't know how that's even possible for someone to say I am so capable and I am so knowledgeable on this subject that I should be the authority that I'm going to talk about this. Now, if you start to bring in humor and wit and all that stuff. I think you can be, as you're saying, Phil, you can have that dialogue. Um, And if you're being really serious, if you're really trying to go for it and be educational in some ways, then you need to really nail it right away. And if you're trying to be humorous, you don't have to be as knowledgeable. You can hit those points, but then also play off of stuff and culture or whatever you want to do. But it's really hard to do it by yourself and to really have something that lasts. And,
0: and that's why we're going to be bringing in in future podcasts some interviews and different stuff like that to be able to bring in those insights and, and you know, being able to reach out beyond what the three of us know. And I think
1: that, uh, you, know, you know, in that, Jeremy, uh, the, the expertise, I, I feel like we're getting to a place in society, and this could be a bad thing, where people don't necessarily want an expert, but they want someone knowledgeable enough to ask the questions they're also asking and kind of lead them in that uh, that search for the answer.
2: Does that, that make sense? Yeah, but I don't think that if you I don't think if you ever get to the answer that it's gonna really pay out. And I think that you need to eventually get to those answers and probably fairly quickly. I mean serial it had the, the idea that we're gonna start this idea of a podcast, but at the same time there was that entertainment factor that went into it the entire way that she went for the answer and everybody was raping about it, but it was really the entertainment that went into it and the dialogue and the mystery and everything. So as much as it's about trying to find those answers if you don't get to the answers quickly, and if you don't have a wide variety of topics, I don't know how long you can last if you're really anticipating going more than one season. See, I
1: I think it just depends on how you approach the topic and how you work your way through it. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, is called uh, common sense with Dan Carlin and he's a former radio host, which is why I'm convinced that, that we are returning to the golden age of talk radio. He's a former radio host, uh, who does does two podcasts. One's called hardcore history. The common sense one's a political podcast and, and he's been, he's, I think he's on episode 200 and I don't know, 60 or some. He's been doing this for almost four years or even longer than that. But he's, he's, he, he's constantly revisiting the same topic. But what he does is he brings the, the the same topic back with a new news story or a new angle that's popped up in the past two weeks. So he's constantly revisiting the same things, rehashing his old answers. Like, okay, okay, that didn't work. What if he did this instead? And so it's... It's putting um, the audience, you're, you're, you're traveling with him, you're learning with him through this process. And I think that's where the engagement is. He's not in politics, so he's not, we're, we're just, he's discussing all this stuff. He's not changing anything. He's not solving any of the problems. He's just, you know, and that's not a critique against him, it's not his job to solve the problems, but he's leading the audience um, through his ideas and, and how we could, you know, create that uh, intellectual dynamic where we could, in the future, solve these problems and he's built a whole community around this with his uh his website forums and uh, on twitter as well
2: yeah and i think that's different than like what i was trying to do with the Summit productions one where i was trying to give great insight for church tech people and that's true yeah there's a limitation to that i mean you can you can keep going and you can keep going but it's, at some point you're going to start rehashing stuff and i think that that's the key part of it you can always talk about the new tech But then you start to get into, are you differentiating from other people? And is this really about church tech anymore? And so you really have to keep on your brand and keep on going forward with your target. And if your target's too niche, then you might not actually have a a key point. And I think that when you have that cultural aspect that you can play off the hot button topics, I think that you can get into the opinionated stuff as opposed to necessarily actual key facts. And so it, it gets a little bit murky there and I think that there can be entertainment value even in the politics stuff so I would say maybe at some point that there might be entertainment value in it as well. Rush Limbaugh is not known for his political prowess. He's known for his opinions on politics or politics and so I think that, that, that that's huge. Now
0: Jeremy, you, you know, you've Obviously, you've had some experience with the podcasting thing, not only from the Church Meg podcast, but the Seventy Eight Productions podcast, which you just mentioned. What what are some of the things that you learned from that that uh, you'd like to share?
2: I think there's two big ones. I think that the first one was that if you're going to do it, don't overcomplicate it. I had a situation where I was wanting to just give them the full bang for their buck, but I wasn't going to do it every week. And I went an hour long, and in that hour long, I would do two segments with a Seventy Eight Productions person where we would talk about just a general topic that they want to talk about. We would talk about an article that they wrote about. And then I would do an interview with an expert. And that was a lot to do. And I think that if you don't have the expertise and you're diving right into it, an hour-long podcast for me took about six to eight hours to actually do. And that was for a free podcast that I was just kind of giving out to people. There was no actual income that was coming from it. And it took Great. up a lot of time to be able to do. So for me, that was a huge first thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that that's something that that we're still even even with our new format and our our new resolve to do the Church Mag podcast in in this new format. That uh, that is something that we'll be kind of exploring along the way. You know, how much how much time do we dedicate to these things for every episode? Because you not only want it, you don't want it to be too long so that the listeners are bored, but then there is there is the the labor the uh, ROI factor as well. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and you're trying to, I mean, you know this, Eric, we go through the podcast and I goof up on saying something and you cut that out or we have those little insights that we talked about that don't necessarily make it onto the episode. And, oh, I'm not doing that and, anymore.
0: We're we're just going to go straight uh, we're for-, just go, we're going for it. Well, <laughs> but you
2: do that. You do a lot of kind of straight through. And if we goof up, we just goof up. And with mine, I was trying to be too perfectionist and I was worried about the other people and making sure that they all sounded well. And so I would listen and I would edit those little, um, yeah, so and it just took forever.
0: I mean, we do that some too. It's just, it, it's a balance of, be, of, of being polished and being natural. It is really what it is. And, you know, that's just something that does, that does take some time and, and something to figure out. Because like you said, you might want to go through there and get rid of every um and uh, but then you are so polished, it's, You know, it's it can be too polished. It's not natural enough. So I think that that's just something that you kind of learn over time. But depending on you know how people are podcasting may may change the how applicable that is. I mean, if they're doing a podcast like what we're doing, sure. But if you're doing you know sermon bot podcast or you're doing a uh, or something like that for your church or maybe something a little bit more scripted, uh, you're not going to have to worry about that nearly as much either. And, And I think
2: the second thing for me was that all the hiccups that happen. I think it was a big lear- life learned lesson that if you're going to do a podcast, just expect something to go wrong because it will, whether it's your computer crashing and losing an audio file, whether it's your microphone deciding to sound like a tricycle going through the house or trying to schedule stuff and people last minute saying, sorry, I can't do this, or their audio equipment that has not even close to what should be podcast level. Um, Simply trying to coordinate schedules, even between three people, can be an absolute nightmare. And just to be able to have people that are dedicated to making something great, um, it takes a lot of effort. And I think that us finding three people that are saying, yeah, let's do the podcast, let's do it. It's more than just a podcast for us at this point, and that's amazing. And if you're trying to do a podcast for the sake of doing a podcast and it's not a business opportunity, you might not really want to go into it. Whereas I think we hit one point where it was like, okay, we can keep doing this for the podcast or we could just not hit record and we'll be, we'll be absolutely fine because we're just hanging out. And I think that when we got to that point, I was like, I'm all in, let's do this every single week. Eric, what's going on? Let's, let's record this. I'm even willing to get up at six in the morning to be able to record this podcast. That's huge for me. 6
0: a.m. for Jeremy, seven for Phil And 2 p.m. for me. I'm I'm
1: clearly. clearly, Hey, Eric, how was lunch today, by the way? Lunch
0: was really good. Thank you. you, you Jack, pizza. No, yes, I did have pizza, Phil, because everyone that lives in Italy, we have pizza for lunch every day.
2: And pasta for dinner. Yes.
0: How did you guess? Spaghetti. Yes. So many
2: carbs. Jeez.
1: You know, I think, I think, Jeremy, that I'm mean, to put it like this. As I'm somebody who's gotten this whole podcasting and blogging thing almost by accident. I wanted to, to, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to write books and publish books. And someone said, well, why don't you just start writing now and, and just, you know, do a, a blog? And um, I thought. Well, blogs are for people who don't know how to use computers. I can can do HTML. (laughs) And I realized, no, blogs are for people who want to write and don't want to have to screw with HTML. And I was like, this is amazing. And so I kind of got into the whole thing by accident. And I think... I think we need more people who are being who are being accidental on purpose. I think, you know, if you want to do a podcast, go for it. But understand that if you're not doing things the way you just prescribe them, Jeremy, you're probably not going to succeed. But you might learn a lot, and then you might be able to try again in a few years and actually succeed. I think we need a lot more people to be to be okay with in, intentionally failing. Like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to mess up, and that's okay, because I'm going to learn. That's what minute. we've been doing for the yeah. past
0: 20-some-odd episodes for even for ChurchMag. People may have listened and said, oh, wow, well, that's true. You know, this is their final product, or these guys really know what they're doing. <laughs> no, newsflash.
2: No, we do not. Well, and I think that we never went out with a business model of let's figure out how we can make something that's amazing. I mean, even my dog walking through the floor right now, it's not like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to freak out because something like that's happening. And So you have to have a certain level of understanding that you're an amateur in through this process if you're going to just kind of go for it. And that's all right. I think that's great. Some of the best co- podcasts I've listened to in a short-term period is just, here I am. Let's go for it. I'm just going to see what happens. At the same time, don't expect to hit that professional quality. And if you're going to want to go for that professional quality, then put in the time, effort, energy, skill
1: and pain that's going to go with that. And I think that that's something we should highlight that, uh, you know, people are all of a sudden people are giving podcasts more credence because of things like Serial. And I think we should point out there that the podcasting it's been around for, I mean, let's say what, like 10 years, maybe in the mainstream, maybe a little longer than that. Technically, I'm not sure when you can, I, I know that the, 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 dates out there, I think it's 10 years I think podcasting f- celebrated 10 years uh, this past year. Um, but it's still such a raw field. You know, we're still making the rules up as we go along. And if if your podcast fails, you might learn some lessons, but if your podcast succeeds, you're you're writing the rules for the next next generation of podcasts.
0: Exactly. And you know, that's what that's what I was thinking with the whole podcast numbering thing. I thought, man, I'm gonna rewrite the rules to this thing. Now I was wrong, <laughs> okay, but
2: uh, you know, I attempted to anyway. I feel like there's a funny podcast tip we can make at the end. I don't know why. I
1: really want Eric to close out with the serial podcast theme song. Well, I, you know, as we
0: talked about the beginning of the podcast, talking about royalty and licensed music, I don't think we can. So, because we can't actually use their theme music, I think maybe
1: you should just hum it. and We'll go out on that. You don't know what you're asking, sir. You are. You do not know what you were asking. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, that will be I do. the most monotone and unmelodic humming in the history of the universe. My wife, is, mm-hmm. I, I am forbidden from whistling it. in my own home, except to call the dog because my wife says, are you even trying to whistle a tune? So are you saying that the
0: dog... Comes to you whistling to it, not because it's saying, "Oh, my master's calling me," but quick, I better go to him so he stops. Oh no, it's because
1: I have a really high pitched, shrill whistle when I want to call the dog. But like, I was trying to whistle Andy Griffith one time, and my wife's like, "What are you doing?" I'm whistling Andy Griffith. No, you're not. You're just blowing air through your lips. Your, there's no discernible melody or rhythm to anything you're doing at all. Come on,
0: I mean, you've rapped on the podcast. I mean, certainly you can you can hum.
1: This and that alone <laughs> is why I am not going to whistle on the podcast. Alright, well maybe maybe for another I, time.
2: I feel like we could do this. <laughs> you could throw that at the beginning. We are such idiots.
1: Pretty I mean, much. We're, we're, we're well intentioned, but man, we're at goofballs. Exactly.
0: Oh. And this is why we have to edit it. That does it for this episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Thank you for joining in the fun. If you have a comment, question, or a super awesome idea for an upcoming podcast, shoot us an email, podcast at churchmag. That's podcast at churchm.ag. Or just hit us up on Twitter. That's probably easier. You can find us at churchmag. And if you get a chance, it would be really awesome if you could leave us a review on iTunes. We'll be sure to give you a shout out. Until next week.
1: I, I think, yeah, to be inside the washing machine, to take that trip to Narnia and come back and tell us how it is. I don't think you go to Narnia through the washing machine. I think you lose some of your brain cells, you don't think you're anywhere. <laughs>
0: Apparently you're either on the podcast or you're in a washing machine. It's one or the other.
2: <laughs> Am I actually not in a washing machine now? You, are you are
0: not, not in not. a washing machine. Why were you in the okay. washing machine, Jeremy? Can were you me? trying to multitask?
1: The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. I swear, I didn't do it. I don't remember what happened, but I didn't do it.